Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm Yvette Walker, your host for this podcast on finding the true meaning of God's joy. Joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And my guests and I will talk about how to avoid falling down the rabbit hole of chasing physical or emotional joy. In this season, we'll tackle spiritual growth as we discover the true joy of the Lord. From Positively Joy Ministries comes Journaling in His Joy, a new journal that can help you discover what brings real joy by journaling every day and creating a six-month record of memories worth collecting. With over 240 journaling pages, monthly and weekly check-in sheets, and weekly coloring journal pages, This guided journal will help you find joy even in difficult times by actively looking and choosing to see it in every moment. In this journal, you'll look for joy every day and record what you see and experience. Maybe you'll experience it in a rainbow or a song or in the sound of laughter. Choose joy on days where nothing seems to go right and spread that joy to others. Get your copy of Journaling in His Joy, available at Amazon and other fine booksellers. Ann Visser co-founded For Better Forever with her beloved husband of 42 years. She's trained couples, young people, students, addicts in recovery, Christian women, and professionals, all in the areas of communication, leadership, and relationships. We had such a good conversation on marriage and relationships that we actually ran a little long. I think you'll really enjoy hearing from Anne. Here she is. Anne Visser, thank you so much for appearing on the show today. I can't wait to talk to you about marriage. I'm excited to be here, Yvette, on the Positively Joy podcast. It's a joy to meet you. And I'm looking forward. This is one of my favorite, favorite topics. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that most of my, you know, most of my listeners are women and um, a lot of us are married. And as I was speaking to you earlier, and I've said this before, my second husband is a godly man. And the relationship that we have, you know, he really lifts me up in my faith. And I think that's so important in a marriage. And no marriage is perfect, is it? But for me, this time around, it was a deal breaker. (laughs) Yes. Well, and we can get into that, but we connect on different levels, right? We connect emotionally. We connect connect physically. uh, But then we connect and intellectually as well. But then we connect spiritually as well. And when you can have all of those bonds working together, it makes a marriage strong. So true. So true. So I want, yeah, I definitely want to get into this. I want to know a little bit more about you, but also about your faith walk and basically how you came to do the work that you do today with, with women, but also, you know, with couples. Yes. So I've been equipping individuals and organizations for over 20 years, 
to help them communicate in a way that aligns with their values so that, you know, we're happy tomorrow with the way we communicated today. <laughs> uh, so I am a John Maxwell uh, coach, speaker, and trainer with For Better Forever, which I co-founded with my beloved husband. We've been married for 42 years. 42 and years. I, well, so yeah, I got married later in life, so I don't think we're going to make it to 42, you know, unless I live till 100. We'll see. But I, I you know, definitely clapping for you. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, that is why I do what I do. So I I train, I train singles and singles again and how to avoid falling for a jerk, which is a fantastic program that's been written by Dr. John Van Epp. And and I've had the opportunity to travel with John himself, John Maxwell, to Paraguay, which was the trip of a lifetime and to teach junior high students. Uh, leadership skills, and then had the opportunity to go into our local jail and into a home, a recovery home for addicts, to bring personal growth skills and relationship skills to them because who they surround themselves with, just like you and I, it matters and it makes a difference for our personal growth and for our spiritual walk, for our faith walk with Jesus Christ. And so, and I have a membership for Christian women. So I do what I do because it's so very personally that I, um, uh, we met when I was 15, my husband and I, oh, and wow. I shamelessly chased him. I <laughs> confess I did. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> well, at 15, you had, you had a good, a good picker at that time. I mean, when I was 15, I did not have a good picker, but you did. Oh, Yvette, I don't know. I just, I say it so often to him. I don't know how this happened. Like, I I don't know how we ended up with each other (laughs) because, you know, I don't know. But anyway, I did shamelessly chase him and I, I just wanted a date. I just wanted a date and he wouldn't date me. Really? Because he said I wasn't a Christian. Wow. And I said, I put pulled all five feet of me up and said, well, what's so great about you anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Now, and and was that true? Were you not a Christian? I wasn't. Okay. No, I had, and I was very, very lost. And what I was actually attracted to in him was his faith Mm. and his leadership skills. He was leading within our school. He was our school photographer. He was leading in his young people's, which I didn't know at the time, but he was leading a maritime group of, of young people. It was a, a large a large group of young people. And so with these leadership skills, he wasn't out drinking on the weekends. And I didn't want that, although I wasn't a Christian. So I wasn't attracted to the character of this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, he was pretty cute too. <laughs> <laughs> but I was looking for more. I was looking for more. I wanted some a strong character and certainly is strong. <laughs> And so then uh, he started to share the gospel with me and he said, read your Bible. I did have a Bible (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I started to read. I didn't understand anything uh, that I was reading. It was all Greek to me. Literally, Mm -hmm. it was all Greek. And um, months later, after asking him very hard questions, some that he couldn't answer, but he did his best. Um, I fell on my knees alone in my father. We had horses Mm -hmm. and I was in the barnyard and I just fell on my knees and I said, Lord, you promised me if I would seek you, I would find you. It was the only verse I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. 
promise me if I would seek you, I would find you. Where are you? I can't find you. And it was in that moment that God met me. And it was like he was saying to me, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was like he was saying to me, I am here and you are mine and I am yours. And that changed everything for me. I raced back to my bedroom. I picked up my Bible and the words, the scripture, it just started bouncing off the page. It was like, oh, that's what it means. It was like the Holy Spirit was just revealing God's word to me. And it was absolutely amazing. And so that's how I came to know Christ. It was through my husband. I did eventually get a date. <laughs> wow. That is, well, that's just so awesome. Um, how did your parents take this? Because, you know, because you, you weren't raised a Christian and I don't know if they were just um, you know, maybe not against it, but just weren't into that. So what happened? Because again, you're you're still what, 15, 16 at this point? I was 15 at the time, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I my parents um they I think they were concerned about our growing relationship because I was so young. And yeah. I can understand that now as a as yeah. a mom and a nana. I have eleven grandchildren, by the way, but oh my goodness. <laughs> So 15 is young. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I told my kids they had to be much older. <laughs> Not fair, right? Not fair. <laughs> but um, I think they were concerned about this growing relationship that we had. They certainly didn't understand the faith component that they saw. Uh, but I think they were happy that I wasn't out on the weekends drinking and that they didn't have to worry about where I was. I was at church. I was with young people. Uh, and so that part of it was a little bit easier for them to take. Um, and I told my mother uh, a month after we were going together that I was going to marry this man. <laughs> wow. Wow. So we really were crazy in love. We married and then I was sick. I was uh, pregnant one month after we were married and very, very sick on the couch. And now we know that in that first year of marriage, there's a lot happening. There's a lot mm -hmm. of important things that we learn in that first married year of marriage. We're learning a system, which does not sound very romantic, but for how we communicate, for how we do our finances. There's so much happening for the values that we're going to live by, for what spirituality looks like, what does faith really look like. Mm -hmm. All of that we're learning in those first few years. And I was very sick on the couch, so I wasn't learning anything except <laughs> to try to keep a meal down. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and young, you know, being pregnant so, so soon into the marriage, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you need to be with each other first and be husband wife first so that you can develop that relationship before you become parents. But again, this was this happened very quickly for you. This happened very quickly for me. And so then we had five children in six years. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And my husband, he's a farmer and he works long hours. And so I often felt like a single mom. And so we had these external pressures pressing in on our mm -hmm. marriage, but then we had these internal pressures because we didn't know how to communicate. We did not know how to fight a good fight. In fact, I thought fighting was bad. Uh, I thought I had to be kind and nice. And in trying to be kind and nice, I lost myself mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to speak up and how to speak my mind and how to say, I didn't even know the skills of being able to understand what's happening internally yeah. and what I'm feeling and the emotions, none of that. I didn't know how to express that. And so we were avoiding conflict, the both of us, neither of us wanted to fight mm -hmm. until uh, one night we sat in our farm truck outside our favorite restaurant. And I said to him, I can't do this anymore. 
And I could see the panic in his eyes. And he said to me, what do you mean? What, like, what do you mean you can't do this anymore? And I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore. Now, when we got married, we made a commitment to each other that if we got into trouble, we would get the help that we needed. And this was that moment. And so we recommitted to each other and we said, we're going to get the help that we need in order to get well, in order to get better together. And, you know, there really was this emotional space in our marriage that we didn't know how to close because we didn't have those skills that we needed. Mm -hmm. And so the very next day, by the way, that night, when I said that to him, it disrupted what wasn't working in our marriage. And sometimes we need a disruptor in our marriages or in our lives in order to hop onto another track, a better path. Mm -hmm. And so we were Christians. Uh, We love Jesus Christ with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he's everything to us. But we didn't have those personal growth skills, those emotional skills, those relationship skills that we needed to be good together. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, I found a book. It was called Making Love Last Forever by Gary Smalley. We devoured that book. We applied the lessons we were learning. I still remember the lessons. We still use them today. Conflict is the doorway to intimacy. As soon as I read that, I threw the book down. I said, I don't like this book. I don't want this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like you, I, I, I don't like conflict either. I mean, at work, we know that we have interpersonal relationships and, and I'm a manager. So we understand that, that we have to do those things, but at home there's, I think a lot of people just don't want to have that in their home, but of course there's conflict and then there's conflict, right? That's exactly right. And we, our conflict looked like long, cold, silent wars where we would both get more and more agitated because Mm -hmm. uh, we were stuffing everything inside instead of actually talking about the things that were happening inside of us. And so then we would explode and that's not a good conflict. Right. And, and that's the lesson that we had to learn was how to conflict so that we could see into each other as in conflict is the doorway to intimacy as in into me, you see. And so when we fight, well, we get to, I get to see into you and you get to see into me and that completely, uh, it was a whole new mindset shift for us that, Mm -hmm. okay, so it's not a scary thing. It's actually going to be good for us. It's good for your health. (laughs) And if we do it well, we get to know more and understand more because knowing is foundational to relationship. Yes. If I don't know you, I don't know how to love you. If, If I don't know what you like and what you value and what's important to you, then then I don't know how to approach you or how to communicate with you. If I don't know where your pain points are, I don't know. Uh, I can be stepping on that bruised spot in you needlessly mm-hmm. and it, when I don't know you. And so conflicting well is incredibly important to that piece of knowing one another and understanding each other. On top of that, we weren't communicating well. Like he explained to us that there are different levels to communication. So there's facts where we just share, you know, what the weather's like today and where I live and what's going on. And we shared some of those facts before we started, Yvette. But then there's deeper levels of opinions. That's not quite as vulnerable as when we go to feelings. Right. And I still remember the first time that I became aware of feelings when I we were standing in our kitchen and I said to him, five children and it was a bad day. It was a rough day. <laughs> 
five five children within a year of each other, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you laugh now, right? <laughs> and I, 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 it was a bad day, and I, I looked at him and I said, "I just need a hug right now." Mm-hmm. And he got up, and he came over to me, and he put his arms around me, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? It's that easy." sharing our needs with one another, that's the deep level of communication. Mm-hmm. And well, so when we can share what, what it is we need, and then our, our person responds in that way to what we need, it's like, oh, you love me. You care about me. You care about the littlest things, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You mm. care about it all. And so we began this journey, uh, a personal growth journey, because there was so much that I needed to learn. I'm a recovering people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that that's not good for marriage. <laughs> oh, because, wow. Well, hold on, hold on. I Would you say that again? I want I'm, everybody to hear that. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And I discovered that that's not good for marriage. Mm-hmm. And I still remember him, my, my husband, Malis, looking at me and saying, so what's your part in this? And because I'm a people pleaser, I can look pretty good on the outside. Mm-hmm but I was constantly caving and folding to his will and his desires and not sharing with him what it was that I wanted and discovered I didn't even know what I wanted Mm because I wasn't practiced in it. And it's a skill that we actually need. I needed to learn so that I could express that to him. This is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he didn't know me very well because I was not sharing those things with him. Well, and the knowing leads to trust, doesn't it? Absolutely. The knowing leads to trust because, man, if I can share my needs and and he can share his needs with me and I respond in that way, that grows the trust because, oh, you do care. And, oh, you are willing to meet some of my needs. Of course, we don't meet all of our needs. We don't expect our partner to meet all of our needs, but we need to be there to care. I mean, that's the promise that we make is the promise to care about. It's the I do every day. And the promise to care about each other, about all of it, whatever mm-hmm. the all is. And sometimes the all is messy. Yeah, that's so true. Where is Jesus in the middle of this? Oh, thank you for asking me that question. He is our commitment. He is the plumb line for which everything runs through him. And so that day when we had that conversation in our farm truck outside our favorite restaurant, when I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore, he's the reason we stayed because we answer to a higher power. Mm -hmm. I don't answer to my husband as I answer so much to a higher power. And that's my, that's Jesus Christ and my Lord and savior. And he's everything. And he's the one I want to please more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so there was no choice but to try hard, like to try again and to learn the skills that we didn't didn't have that we needed to learn. And so every time I, I still remember having a real more than once, but on this particular day, having a really bad attitude toward Malus. And I was like, you just, you can't do anything right. This was when we were in a bad place. Mm-hmm. You, sh- you just can't do anything right. Like everything was irritating me. Everything was agitating me. And I, re- I remember praying about that and saying, God, I have a problem. I knew it wasn't him. 
I knew it was my heart. And that's the character development that I think God does in our lives, that personal growth character development that God does internally in us. Mm-hmm. And I said, Lord, I need help. And I felt like he was directing me, write everything good about this man. Now, you know, when your God speaks to you and you want to obey, but you are hesitant, resistant. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was resistant. So I pulled out a piece of paper. It was actually post-it notes. Mm-hmm. Because I thought I'm not going to have much to write. I was in a bad place of it, honestly. Okay, that's really funny. <laughs> I know. Confession, right? Confession time. I was in a bad place. So I started to write and I wrote, you know, and I surprised myself. I flipped the page and I wrote more. There was more to write than I knew. I took that paper and I put it in a place where I saw it every day. And I read it every single day. Every day. Mm-hmm. And at first there was no shift or no change. But then about about a month or six weeks later, he called me from work and he was kind of cranky. <laughs> and, he, and he said to me, I'm going to be late for dinner. And he hung up. Ooh. He never does that. He never uh-huh. does that event. That's not him. He doesn't do that. But he did that day. Mm-hmm. And I hung up the phone and I said, oh, you're having a really bad day. Mm-hmm. And I did a happy dance right there because my attitude had shifted. Okay. Before I would have said, what is your problem? What are you thinking? Like, why are you treating me like this? Yeah, you would have taken it personally. (laughs) I would have taken it. I would have taken offense. Mm -hmm. And now I wasn't taking offense. That's because of Jesus Christ. He directs everything in our lives. And when we're not doing well, <laughs> when we're disagreeing, when we're at, he's the one that I run to. I call it my thinking chair. And it's where I meet with God. And it's where I read my script, read his His word. And it's where I get direction in life. And so he's in it all. He's, he's the woven piece through every part of our marriage. I'm so glad you said the thinking chair because in a resource that I have where I talk about how to choose joy, I talk about uh, choosing, uh, choosing, actually making a choice to choose that time. Choose a place for you. It would be, it's your thinking chair. Other people call it a prayer chair or a prayer room or a prayer closet. We've heard that, right? To yeah. actually find a place to maybe compare it to the tent of meeting from the old days. And so I'm really glad to hear you say that, that that's something that you practice and it works for you. Absolutely. And, you know, I practice it so much and that's my chair that this week when my daughter was sitting in my chair, sleeping in our living room because she wasn't feeling well. And so she was sleeping upright. Mm -hmm. She was in my chair. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Lord, (laughs) I need to be able to be a little more flexible here. (laughs) I know. You don't have to just be there. I know. But no, but it's special, right? It's special. It really is. It really is. It's where I meet with God. It's where I read, where I read his word. And (laughs) so it is incredibly, you know, the Bible ranks relationships as the most important thing in life. When he Mm -hmm. says, uh, God says like, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And who is that neighbor? Yes. I mean, well, it's it's everyone, but it's especially your husband. Especially. It's especially. And I think it's the place where we learn to love. Mm-hmm. It's the place where they see us every day, day in and day out. They see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. It's the place where we have opportunity because 
that we want there to be grace laced through our marriages, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's opportunity there to practice relationship skills, communication skills with grace because we're going to mess up. And, and, but then we have that when we have that commitment in marriage, mm-hmm. we have that long term view of, yes, I messed up today. And yes, I've had a bad week. And yes, we're not doing so well in this season, mm-hmm. but I have a commitment to, to God and to you mm-hmm. that we're going to see this through and we're going to work at this to, to be better together. That's why we call ourselves for better forever. Yeah. Uh, and I truly believe that the changes that we've made in our marriage and the conversations that we had around our dinner table, because we were working on learning better communication skills, learning to conflict better, learning to be more honest. And that's where God meets us. He lives in the, he is the truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when, as we had those conversations around our table, our kids have come back to us later in life and said, thank you, mom and dad. I believe they stand on our shoulders for the changes mm-hmm. that we make. You know, when we say the, the, the buck stops here, the pain from our past uh, the pain from our history, the buck stops here. I'm going to lean into Jesus Christ and get the healing that we need. And our kids can stand on our shoulders then. And and it, my kids are just so much smarter than I am. So much more wise. <laughs> so yeah, much but wiser. <laughs> they But they observed growing up. They observed what you did. So let me ask you this. Um, so there, there are people who find themselves in situations um, that they didn't expect. And so, especially when we marry younger. So, you know, I, I was in my twenties when I married mm-hmm. and I married a man who, um, who had bipolar disorder, but I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't think he really knew it either. Um, he was diagnosed with some other things like Epstein-Barr, which is the chronic fatigue syndrome and all of that. But later we found out it was that. So you could argue, I didn't sign up for that. I didn't know what it was. Um, We didn't have great communication skills either. We were younger. And that that marriage did not last. And I I know today that I did not cling to God enough during that marriage. I mean, I was was a believer, but there's a, part of my testimony is I was a believer all my life, but then I became a seeker. But during that, but during that part of it, um, I I feel like that was a failure. I I I don't know what what would have happened, but I don't think that I clung to God enough in that situation. So what I want to ask you: What about women who find themselves in marriages um, where there's illness, or where there's abuse, or where there's things that you don't know how to handle? Mm-hmm. Um, we both made we we got married in the Catholic Church. We both made that commitment, um, but I did walk away. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, again, I don't know what would have happened if I brought God into that more, mm-hmm. but we know that there are situations that are really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, if there's a, if there's abuse and you have, there's a danger to you, then mm-hmm. you've got to, you've got to rid yourself from that situation. But, but do you talk to couples that have, you know, issues like that? And what do you talk to them about? Sure. I primarily work with women. And so I have worked with women as they've worked their way out of a marriage. So I do say that I would never say to an abused woman, go back. Mm -hmm. I think that's abuse from me Yeah, to tell an abused woman to go back. And that's a spiritual abuse to, to say that you must go back and be abused. I think that's horrific. And 
I'm going to say something that may be controversial, but that's okay. I believe that not every marriage should be saved. Mm -hmm. God is God and he's the one we seek. Um, So marriage cannot be held on the, as an idol. And so not every marriage can be saved, but I do think it's important to do the process and to have help. We couldn't have made it through with it without help. Mm-hmm. We needed help. And so I say, don't walk alone to, to women who are struggling. Get some good help to help you walk through the process so that if you have to leave, and some women do, and I help women figure that out. And I help women afterward as well to get back on their feet again. Um, and so if you do, if you walk the process, when you get to the end, you look back and you say, I did the process. I did everything that I knew to do um, to make this work. But there's always two people. And marriage is always about two people. And Mm -hmm. so when the other person, you know, sometimes when I I see a woman walking the walk and and doing the process, the man, he as she changes the steps to the dance, he does too. If he's a good man and if if he's working on it too, his dance changes, his steps change, and the dance becomes beautiful together. But there are other times when he absolutely refuses. And if he's, a lot of times, it's because of personal issue. And that's where that personal growth program comes in that I needed. If I wasn't willing to deal with that people-pleasing, our marriage would still be very troubled. And so if we don't deal with that personal stuff, that character development that God wants to do in each one of our hearts. Our marriages are going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And we need that humility to be able to get on our knees and to be able to walk with other people and, and have other people speak into our lives to make that change, those changes that we need to make to be good together, because it's always about two people walking together. Absolutely. So in this season, we're talking about spiritual growth. And boy, that makes sense to recognize that there must be spirit, personal growth, spiritual growth in the marriage, but also personally. Each person has to find that because if, if, there's, if the one person is growing and the other person is not, then something's not working. It's going to be very challenging. It's going to be very challenging. And when I look at... Uh, many of the couples or the the women that I've worked with, they're both, when they're both working on it, it is so beautiful, event and and change can happen and they go into a season. It's like walking through a desert and then all of a sudden you're coming to a fresh drink of water, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it can be sweeter again or it can be sweet again for the first time, but it does require two people uh, in walking together. So, so I, I do tell my women, you can walk for a time and do the process mm-hmm. and you will know when the time comes. I would never tell a woman she must leave mm-hmm. unless she's being abused mm-hmm. and that becomes clear. I want her to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. From Positively Joy Ministries comes Journaling in His Joy, a new journal that can help you discover what brings real joy by journaling every day and creating a six-month record of memories worth collecting. With over 240 journaling pages, monthly and weekly check-in sheets, and weekly coloring journal pages, 
This guided journal will help you find joy even in difficult times by actively looking and choosing to see it in every moment. In this journal, you'll look for joy every day and record what you see and experience. Maybe you'll experience it in a rainbow or a song or in the sound of laughter. Choose joy on days where nothing seems to go right and spread that joy to others. Get your copy of Journaling in His Joy available at Amazon and other fine booksellers. I use the word when we were talking earlier, equally yoked. And that is actually a term that I heard, I mean, obviously it's in the Bible, but that's a term that I actually heard from uh, a Christian woman. And I don't remember if she, if her title at this point was was a therapist or actually if she was a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I, I don't remember right now. But I was going to her around the time when I was having difficulties, you know, with my first husband. And she used that term. And she said that she did not believe we were equally yoked. Is that something that you would say to a woman or was, is that something that she needs to find out for herself? I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist or a counselor. And so Mm -hmm. as a coach, I ask good questions to bring new awarenesses to the woman about where she is and what's happening in her life. Mm -hmm. And so as a coach, I don't feel qualified to say you must leave. Uh, And I know I know my position and my role in, in working with people. Mm -hmm. And if I feel they need a therapist or a counselor, I will uh, refer them on. And so I would encourage a woman to do the work and the personal work. And I say, you're going to know, I know it's hard right now, by the way, when people come to me, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah right? I don't know their history. I don't know their story. And so I need to hear more of the story to understand what's really happening in the marriage. Because many times when we get into a bad place, we actually change our history. Okay. Now, how how do you mean that? And so when we get into a bad place, it was like, well, he never was, he never was a believer. He never did. He never was kind. And he never, uh, he never did treat me well when that may not be the case. Mm, That's right. Yeah. So we kind of change that history. And I remember doing that. (laughs) I was in that place where I was changing my history. Um, And now 42 years later, I can look back and I can see uh, with clear eyes about where we actually were and my responsibility in it as well. Mm Mm-hmm. So speaking of growth, you've been married for 42 years. Again, I just have to take my hat off to you. And we see growth over time. So when I was married before, you know, it was 20s, 30s, and just just about to get to 40. And and then as I said, that marriage didn't last. And there was a there was a time period where you know, I, I was very sad and, and, and that's, you know, it's another part of the testimony I'll go into later uh, or another time. But when I, when God delivered another husband to me, I was older. So now Mm -hmm. I'm older Yvette and, and he is older and we are in this marriage thing as older people, Mm -hmm. you know, well, older, I want, I don't want to say we're old, but older than when I was in twenties, thirties. Right. And that is now, and you're, we're blessed. You're blessed to have gone through that entire time with your husband, mm-hmm. but people change and people grow. Mm-hmm. So do you see, um, do you see a, a mixture of younger and older women in their marriages? And is there anything, is there a takeaway that you have seen in how the younger woman 
deals with a marriage in the older woman, or is that too simplistic? Yeah, we've had beautiful couples who've come and wanted pre-marriage and they've seen friends around them who were not prepared and who left the marriage very early, who didn't have the skills that they needed to have. And or they've seen their parents separate and they've said, I don't want this. So help us help us get ready for marriage. I love to help a pre-married couple get ready for marriage. Mm -hmm. And I can think of of several who have done really well because they stood on our shoulders of the lessons that we had to learn and they're so good together. And now even 10, 12 years later, they're mentoring other couples. Mm, That's beautiful. And so I do think it's more about our hearts and it's more about our development as people and about our development spiritually as well. Um, I certainly wasn't equipped when I got married and, uh, (laughs) And the pre-married work that we did was so surface. And so the work that we do, uh, when I work with a couple, I love to work with a pre-married couple. We really get them ready for marriage. We talk about, I am honest with them about where I've come from and uh, the things that we need to work on. Then I see those older couples too. Some of them, they've already checked out a long time ago. They're still together, but they're checked out. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I want either, that I want to be happy and healthy together. And I, you know, when when we ran and when our marriage crashed and I hopped on a personal growth train that I never, ever want to get off. I, I, um, my mentor, John, he's John Maxwell. He says, I want to know how far I can go. I want to know how far I can go. And I'm, I'm 61 next week. Mm-hmm. I am not thinking about retirement. I'm thinking about what do you have next for me, Lord? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Right. And and you're in a second career as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, so how far can God take us? What is he going to do next? And so, you know, all the skills and the development that he's done, he's using, he's going to use it in, in different places and different ways. And so that's what I want to know. And the, the women that I see happy in their relationships, that's where they are. They're growing in their relationships with their husband. He's growing too. It's mutual. And they're walking together with the Lord and they're finding new ways to serve God with all of that wisdom that he's put within them through time. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's a mix of of young people and older people, uh, but young people really leaning into and surrounding themselves with good resources and good people and, and faith, a faith community to help them stand on their feet when they go through hard times. Because... We're all going to go through hard times and we need, we need each other. Absolutely. So one thing, but my husband and I agree on something and we were actually thinking about putting into the vows, but I thought, you know what? No, let's not. Cause other people might not understand. And that is we love God more than we love each other. We, we, we both equally believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've said something that I think might be controversial um, Jesus tells us lots of ways Jesus has told us to, how to find joy, but in the signature scripture of this show in John 15, he says that we should abide in the father's love, live, dwell in the father's love, do his will and be filled with the only joy that will complete us. Now, as a, as an older woman, <laughs> I, I believe this and other people might disagree, but you're not going to find, you're not going to be completely filled 
by your husband Mm -hmm. or by your kids Mm -hmm. or, you know, or with the dog that you love. Cause I love my dog. (laughs) I love my, cause I don't have any children. So that's my, that's my fur baby. Yeah. Um, We're only going to be completely filled with the Mm -hmm. joy of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, my husband and I both believe that, but I think that that might be something that's difficult for people. Especially, I don't think I would have, I know I didn't believe that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. This is this is you know my mature brain and yeah. my and my seeking brain because I'm you know I'm really seeking more uh, of what the Lord has for me and and His message for me now, um, but that's something yeah. I would not have believed before. Is that something that you agree right. with? That's an interesting question. I there's nuances to it, and in this way, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So I have used that verse to love God and not love my husband. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Right? (laughs) That's a problem. And so, but God has to be my all in all. And so he must be number one and first but I can't use that. I can't weaponize that verse and use it against my husband. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Yes. So, and I have seen women do that and that makes me weep. Mm. Um, and, and so I tell my, I used to think it was terrible, a terrible thing to tell my husband. I adore you. I tell him all the time now. I adore you. Mm-hmm. It's not the same adoration that I give to, to my Lord and savior. Mm-hmm but I do deeply love him. Yes. And so that's where I would go with that. I can't mm-hmm. use it against him, but mm-hmm. yes, at my every need is met through Jesus Christ. And he used mul- he uses multiple ways and resources to meet my needs and to, to meet me where I am and to care for me. And I cannot ever lean on one person ever to do that for me. That is, there's only one who can meet me. Uh, and that's at the foot of the cross. Well, that's so good. And that's so true. And in meeting the needs, he, he does, he does equip us. He gives us things. I fully believe that my, that the God delivered Tim to me. I fully believe that. And I believe that because when we first met, I was in a place that normally would have um, not really not, I mean, not that I wouldn't have liked him, but I was just in a place where I probably wouldn't have appreciated him the way I appreciate him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know God did that. I know mm-hmm. he did that. So yeah, no, I I agree with you. We do not want to, and I like, you said, weaponize that verse. We don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got to know that if you're trying to, and I believe people chase joy, but, they're, but they chase it in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. They, I think that they do chase people. Not when you were 15 year olds and 15 year old and wanted a date, that's okay. You're a teenager. You had teenage brain, but I think adults chase, they chase love for fulfillment and for joy. They chase substances. They chase food. There's lots of addictive substances, right? And that's what I'm, that's what I believe. We need to realize that we need to find joy where the center of joy is. And that is God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I don't know who's going to go first, but uh, I want to treasure every day that I have with Malus, uh, my husband. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know that should he go first, I'm going to be okay. Yes. I can honestly say that because 
he, because Jesus Christ is my joy and he will never leave me nor forsake me. And so um, he is everything to me. And so I'm just going to treasure every day that I have uh, with my, he's not mine, right? Mm-hmm. He is mine, but he's not mine, yeah. which is an interesting thing, right? Yes. Yeah. It's always turning the, the scripture upside. It turns our thoughts upside down, but Malus is mine for a time, but not uh, Jesus is mine for eternity. Absolutely. Oh, and I've so enjoyed this conversation. Now you are in Canada. But if people if people want to reach out to you, talk to you, um, perhaps work with you uh, all over, you have I'm, do you have um, those services for people all over? Yes, I pretty much only work virtually. Okay. <laughs> and so I work one on one with women in particular, and I will work with a couple as well. And I have a membership for Christian women. It's called the Sisterhood Journey Membership. We talk about uh, the four lanes of communication. So we talk about God talk, how our relationship with God. We talk about the people talk. Uh, we talk about uh, leadership talk as well and self talk, of course, because the way we talk to ourselves determines the way we show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so um, I have a seven day challenge. Can I pass that on yes, to your people? Yes, please do. Yes. Yeah. So we talk a lot about important conversations. We call them pivotal conversations. And my people are so incredibly kind. They give up themselves and they don't have these important conversations uh, and they don't say what they need to say. So this seven day challenge that I want to give you, uh, we send a, a video each day for seven days with a simple action step to help you prepare for your next pivotal conversation. So you can go from knowing not what you, you can go from not knowing what you want to say to knowing exactly what it is you want to say and how to approach that next pivotal conversation. So your people can go to forbetterforever.com forward slash challenge to pick up that. And that really is the best way to stay in touch with me because when you tap into that seven day challenge, you can sign up for our weekly email called the Tuesday brew with and love my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) and there you can sign up for weekly communication tips where i give communication tips to help you help them align with your values you know your faith Mm -hmm. values Mm -hmm. so again for better forever and we want to make sure that people know that the four is the is the numeral four so that when they when they go write that out in in the the url it's for better forever um the challenge is dot com backslash challenge and then yes. while you're there, you can see, you know, the other resources, including the the weekly um, uh, brew, brew with you. <laughs> yes, that's right. Tuesday brew with Anne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's great. Well, thank you. Thank you for offering that challenge to the listeners. I think that's, I think that would be really, really interesting. Um, and no matter, you know, no matter how perfect, and again, there's no perfect relationship, but how, no matter how good your relationship is, you can always learn more about how to communicate. So I think that's really important. Always. Absolutely. Communication is the lifeblood of relationships and the lifeblood of everything that we do, as you know, as you're being a former journalist, event. So true. So true. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for all you've shared today. I mean, you definitely, again, we're both the same age and we have been in this relationship business for a while, but um, but I feel like I've learned so much from you during this time. So thank you so much. Thank you, Yvette. It's a pleasure to be here on the podcast and it's a joy to meet you today. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. 
Go to PositivelyJoy.com to hear previous episodes and to learn more about our ministry and books. Support Positively Joy by becoming a Patreon member and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks to Mars Coleman for the use of his song, The Joy of Knowing. And thanks to Susan Marie for editing and production of the podcast. Till next week. Oh, the joy of knowing. The joy of knowing you.